while we're losing part of this. I'm going to try to get situated real quick. I'm so excited to be with you today. Um, if you heard me the last time I spoke, it was very challenging, and it was a time where I was being very vulnerable, and I believe that that's really important, but it was one of those that the Lord and I had a lot of debates about. And so I'm excited for this one because I truly believe, just as our worship team um, sang today, which, I mean, aren't you thankful for our worship team? They did an incredible job, incredible, incredible. I love, you know, that it's not just about talent, but ultimately um, it's about anointing and allowing the Holy Spirit to flow and um, just knowing that that he is up to something good. And, you know, we don't have to wait for 2019, the next year, the next day, um, for that something good. We can anticipate it. And so um, today we are going to be talking, I'm going to be talking to you about breakthrough. And I don't know about you guys, but maybe today you say, I need breakthrough in my marriage. I need to see breakthrough with that long-lost child or that sibling. I need to see breakthrough in my finances. I need to see breakthrough, whatever it may be, in my business, whatever. But breakthrough is defined as any significant or sudden advance, development, achievement, or increase, as in scientific knowledge or diplomacy that removes a barrier to progress. We are going to start in Acts 12. Acts 12, if you'll turn with me, I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. Acts 12, verse 5, and just bear with me, there's a few verses, but they're each so important. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before, Herod was to bring him to trial, and I don't want you to forget that. Don't I want to highlight that part. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. And I think that a lot of times we can read that. I've read this scripture many times, but it was almost like the Lord was just highlighting it while I read certain parts, and I marked them in here. The chains fell off. Not that Peter was able to rip them off. Not that Peter was able to find the key. They fell off. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. Um, And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. The angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea what the angel was doing, that what was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and the second guards. Passed, meaning no one stopped them. Didn't say anyone stopped them. Didn't say anyone saw them. They passed them. And he came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. The gate opened by itself, and then they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed. She ran back without opening it, and she exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. 
But Peter, he kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said. And then he left another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers because who knows, how are you going to explain? He walked right by me. I have no idea. I didn't see him. I didn't hear him. So there's no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for what you show me, Father, and I know without a doubt, Lord, that you have given me a word for some. God, I know even for me, but God, I am excited beyond belief because I truly believe for each and every person in here, Lord, that you don't pick and choose who you are good to. You are good to us all. Lord, you want to be good to your children today, Lord, and we thank you for loving us. God, I pray, Lord, that you just speak through me and everything that you want to say, may it be said, and everything that you don't, it just not be said. Open hearts and ears and eyes to receive what you have for them in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Acts 12, verse 5, the people prayed. Then as he sat between the two guards, the angel woke him. Now, I don't know about you, but Gabriel, he's a really hard sleeper. We were laughing. We have, um, there's a little girl up here. She's the little girl that we fostered last year in um the her parents were so gracious to let us have some time with her but it was so funny so Friday night um I woke at 3 30 hearing Gabe 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 Gabriel is out cold and the boys began to holler daddy daddy then she changed it to daddy daddy went back to Gabe she loves Gabe to pieces I went in there and and rescued her but I don't know about you. I don't know what kind of sleeper you are, if you're a hard sleeper or not. Um, but here they are, and Peter is sitting in between them, and it doesn't say exactly what he was doing. But um, this was once again at the beginning where I pointed out to you that it was the night before his trial. Now, how many of you know that God could have rescued him long before the night before his trial? But God chooses so many times to show up in such a way that Peter could not deny that in so many different details that it was only the Lord that saved him. And so in verse 5, he said that the angel woke him and the chain simply fell off. I love that. It fell off. We can't deny that God did that. They just fell off. And then because of how bad it was, God had set the stage where all glory went to him. I love that where it says there's so many different versions and they're all so good, but this version said that Peter motioned for his hands for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, there is no doubt, no doubt that it was the Lord himself that saved me. No doubt. He had no doubt. Our needs point to his ability to provide. Our tipping point, which was, can you imagine how Peter felt the night before his trial? Prepared probably to be put to death, whatever it was. But it was a tipping point for Peter. He had a choice, and the people didn't quit praying. Peter was sitting there, and I truly believe time after time where you find Peter. I'm not saying he wasn't struggling, but he chose, he chose I believe, that he was believing for some kind of breakthrough. And in this time that he was... God was able to supernaturally provide where there was no other way. You know, Gabriel, at the first of this month, he was talking to us about the Christmas story. And I don't know about you, but it kind of changed things for me because, you know, I grew up in church and I was always, 
I always heard the story, but it was always pointed out how Jesus was born in a stable. And But really, you just focus so much on his birth, but you forget about the journey that he went through, the journey that Mary and Joseph went through. Paul and Silas in the jail, the fish and the loaves. I was listening to a podcast this morning and just reminded of that story. And, and the supernatural, like, the disciples are like, we've got no food. Can you imagine what they are? You know, like we had um, a birthday party this last week and, you know, we prepared all this food. Well, they hadn't prepared. They weren't prepared for it. But God prepared a feast that gave more than enough for everyone. Abraham and Sarah in their old age having a baby. Talk about impossible. The parting of the Red Sea, that God would lead them to the one spot. I know I've talked about this before in previous messages, but this story, it's one of my favorites because God would lead them to a spot that was felt like a dead end. But how do many of you know, I don't know about you, but I've seen it, and if I reflect on it, that so many things that look like a dead end to us are just detours to God. And he leads us into something else. And many times whenever our experience doesn't line up with our expectation, God is wanting to give us a revelation. And we've got to, we've got to just stand on that. So I'm going to give you four points today. Four points how we get our breakthrough. How do we get to breakthrough? I understand that it's not a quick fix-all. You know, that journeys look different for everyone. Houses take longer to sell. It takes longer to have children, to get pregnant, to... Um, to find health, to see financial breakthrough, whatever. But there are four points that I'm going to talk about today. Number one is to starve your fear and feed your faith. Starve your fear and feed your faith. How do we do that? We have got to pay attention to what we're listening to, what we're looking at. Social media, the type of music we listen to, shows we are watching. You are what you eat physically and spiritually. If all you eat is Big Macs, you can become a Big Mac. Not literally, but not literally, but you know what I mean. Seriously, you know, we say, oh, I want to be skinny. Oh, I want to, you know, and it's not about being skinny. It's about healthy, and it's something that the Lord's really been showing me in the last year is, you know, we started going to the gym, and people say, how do you do that? I had to, for my own health, um, just all the struggles that many of you know, mentally, um, it's helped me. Physically, it's helped me feel better. It just helps us feel better. Um, it's not even about being skinny. It just helps us feel better. Um, losing weight's a bonus, but but what are you feeding yourself? It applies both physically and spiritually. We want the fruit of time with God. I was telling a friend this in coffee that I was sitting there the other night and rocking, and it was like God was telling me, "You want the fruit." of time with me. You want it to be, you want to hear me. You want to, you want to, the fruit of of me to be in your life. But if you're not spending that daily consistent time with me, you won't have that daily fruit of me. And it just, it struck me because I I do strive to have my time daily with God. But how many, you know, schedules get the best of us and it's just excuses. I could tell you all the reasons. I just was not being disciplined in making sure that I got my time with him. And it was showing. I could feel it. I could feel it mentally. I could feel it spiritually. I could feel it physically. It just shows. You can feel it. You are. What are you feeding yourself? What are you watching? Where are you going? What are you listening to? What are you eating? Where do you gravitate to? That's who you are. Many of us are trying to do great things, but we are unhealthy because we aren't taking good things into us. You can't constantly listen to bad things and expect good things to come out. Now, I'm not saying 
I'm not saying there's not anything wrong with country music or rap music or any kind of other music. I'm not saying that. Um, you know, we were raised where we weren't allowed to listen to anything but um, Christian music. And I see now more what felt like such a, um, it just felt like a big no, was more we were spending our time saying yes to what was of God more than we were giving a yes to something else because when you give a yes to something you're saying no to something else and it's not I mean I like one of my favorites is country music and so I enjoy it and we do listen to it occasionally but but one of the things that I told Gabriel it gets me because our kids will barely hear it and they're singing it over and over and me too but when I'm saying yes to those things that are of him it's either feeding me sometimes that there's a difference there's a sin and there's a seed it may not be a sin, but there is a seed you're planting. And when we're eating something, what are we eating? It may not be like a, a clear bad thing, but is it planting something good that I want to reap the fruit of? You know, it's one of the reasons why we recommend groups is because you surround yourself by people that are, it's feeding your faith, starving your fear, feeding your faith. You know, I had I texted a couple of people this last week and said, will you pray for me? I'm struggling with getting it in my head. Um, and was just encouraged. Encouraged to say, you know, you go be bold about it. God's given you a word. And I knew he did, but I was in my head. And so we've got to make sure that we surround ourselves. It's not, it's not about, you know, it really isn't. Like you could pick any group and you're going to benefit from it personally to me because you're going to find relationship. The reality is, is that we can we can love Jesus and still be toxic. If we're not putting good things into us, we can love Jesus and still be toxic. If we're not making sure that we're pouring life into us, you know, we listen to podcasts regularly. If you're not reading, I mean, read books, whatever it is, find where you're pouring life. First and foremost, spend your time with God daily because the most important thing is for you to hear from him personally because he wants to speak to you. And the thing is, is if with starving our fear and feeding our faith, that's always leaving us in a position that right now you may not be in a place where you're not I don't need my, I don't need a breakthrough right now I'm good you're gonna come to a place where you need the breakthrough and if we don't leave ourselves in a position to hear from him we're gonna miss it we're gonna miss hearing him because he's sitting there going I want to tell her so bad but she won't just sit down and listen and we've got to make sure that we stay in a position to hear from him. Many times we are focused on the fruit of the issue, and God wants to get to the root of the issue. We need to allow him to get to the root of the issue. But this is what I believe, that God is not only powerful, but he is practical. You know, he had the, the man that he healed, he had him pick up his mat to remind him where he came from, to remind him of his healing. And I'm going to give you one little sub point. It's called 8 by 8 by 8. 8 by 8 by 8. 8x, 8x whatever. Did I say that right? 8x, 8x, 8. Okay. Anyways, I think she'll have it up here. Yes. So it's just a little practical. I love practical. I'm a very practical person. Um, but it's just a little practical tip, you know, that this is what I believe. And God's really been convicting me of, and I love when we prepare these messages because I told Gabe Ross that I feel kind of hypocritical because I'm still working on every one of these things. So but this is the truth of it, that God is not only powerful, he's practical. And he won't do for us what we can do for ourselves. And what I believe is that we cannot, we can, we can ask for healing, believe for healing. But sometimes God's like, go lay your head on the pillow. Because when you rest and get enough sleep, I'll bring you healing. If you'll drink your water, I'll help your body feel better. 
There's practical things we can do um, that maybe God's saying, and I, I mean, I'm just being honest, I may get up in some of your business, but he's saying, turn off the TV earlier and stop staying up so late watching. I am the queen of doing that. As many of you know, I have a herd of kids, and so late at night is the only time where I have quiet time and no one's asking me of things. But I know that if I stay up late doing things or watching TV, I feel like crud the next day. And so it's just a practical thing. Eight by eight by eight. Start and end your day with Jesus. The first and last eight minutes of your day. And maybe you say, I'm already doing that. Or maybe you say, I'm not doing anything at all. That's why I'm saying eight minutes. Because you can start there. And and up it. Go up more. You know, I hope that you get more than eight minutes. But I encourage you to do that. Um, Start and end your day. The first and last eight minutes of your day. Not watching Walking Dead right before you go to sleep, and then hoping for a good night's sleep. I'm not saying watch Little House on the Prairie all the time. I'm just saying, like, we gotta, we got to be careful about what we're putting in. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong um, with different shows or whatever, but laying our head down with our mind on him. So um, they drink eight glasses of water a day and then get eight hours of sleep. I understand that that's not always possible but for the most part most of us could we could get more sleep mark 11 22 through 24 says have faith in god jesus answered truly i tell you if anyone says to this mountain go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen it will be done for them therefore i tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be yours faith makes it different Faith makes me sound different, look different, be different. It makes me different. And we don't need to have faith in Jesus. We need to have faith like Jesus. Because Jesus knew that his father, our father, was the all-powerful, could do anything. And that any kind of breakthrough that was needed was possible. Mark 6, he could not do any miracles. Only a few got it. But because many looked at Jesus and they only saw a carpenter, but some looked at Jesus and they saw a Christ. And if I look at Jesus and only see a carpenter, he can fix my house. But if I look at Jesus and I see a Christ, he's going to fix my life. And we have got to, it's all about what we choose to see. The blind men that followed Jesus, they followed him because they they chose to see Jesus. Shallow seeking will produce shallow believing and leave us vulnerable to falling. But deep seeking will produce deep believing and equip us to stand firm, no matter what comes against us. So when we come to that place of breakthrough, when I've spent time in the word, when I've spent time praying, when I've spent time praising, it makes it deep. My roots are deeper in him so that I can stand on that. Recalling God's faith in our past fuels our faith for the future. We aren't called I'm sorry, the enemy knows if he can rob us of our courage, he can minimize the impact of our purpose. We have got to be aware that the enemy is always coming to steal and and take away the faith and, and feed the fear, feed the fear in us. But we have got to starve our fear and feed our faith. Number two is raise your voice. Raise your voice. In Mark 26, 30, right before the Passover and Jesus' crucifixion, it says, that they had sang a hymn. Different versions say different things, but it that's basically what it came down to. And I believe that no matter what, if you can say, well, then we should be singing hymns or we should sing a certain type of song. I don't believe it was about the song. It was about the worship. 
And it was about pausing to praise God before he went and, and, and went through the battle. And we have got to make sure that we stop and praise him. So when we come to those places of hard, that we can, we can endure what we're facing. Worship is more than singing. It shifts something inside of us. When, we, when our eyes are lifted, our heart is able to be shifted. When our eyes are lifted, our heart is able to be shifted. And if I'm focused on all the, the junk going on, all the hard, and not raising my voice in praise, knowing that I'm expecting, I'm expecting the good, it changes things in us. When we worship, it's not saying everything's okay. It's not saying, you know, I've had people ask us that, and honestly, I've wondered that when I've looked at others, but how are you worshiping? Like knowing what they're going through. And and I think, you know, the thing is with worship, it's not saying, oh, everything's okay. It's saying, God, I trust you. I trust you that even in, in, in spite of what I may come to, what I may be facing in my job, the uncertainties, I trust you. I trust you. Number three is to keep showing up. Keep showing up. Romans 12, 11 through 13 says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves chilled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. My brother-in-law did me a favor and brought me this knife. And um, I don't know if any of you have heard of it. It's called the Leatherman. This one's not called the Leatherman, but it's very similar. Um, it's got all kinds of gadgets. And I'm not going to open them all because I'll probably end up stabbing myself or something. Um, but anyway, so it's got all kinds of gadgets on it. Um, well, as you can see. Okay. There's the knife, and then there's all kinds of little gadgets. And I have a picture of an actual Leatherman up there. Well, I began reading, and I'm not a, I don't have all kinds of knives, whatever, but the Leatherman was actually originally called the Mr. Crunch. Mr. Crunch. And um, so there was this guy, he was in the garage with his wife, and he had a knife, had some pliers, had some things trying to fix something and said wouldn't it be nice if I had a tool that had the pliers the knife all these things all in one so he began to make this tool and he called it Mr. Crunch well two years in nothing's happening and he I mean had spent all this time whatever crying in his garage nothing's happening his cousin comes along and says hey I want to help you I, I know this can happen so a couple of years later there they worked on it, kind of improved it, whatever, changed the name to it, thankfully, because I don't know about you, but who wants to carry something called Mr. Crunch? But, um, so they called it the Leatherman, contacted the company Stanley's, um, which I don't know, surely everybody's pretty familiar with, thermoses and all sorts of things, Stanley's. The company, the CEO of Stanley's told him, there's no way this thing will sell. Good luck to you. I'm not interested. Three years later, Cabela's sees it, bought 500 for $12,000, and now the rest is history. With a thriving company of over 400 people, sold 30 different models of this knife that sell for over 100 bucks on average. Despite what he heard, this guy, Tim Leatherman, had to keep showing up. And there was a story that they actually shared, which I loved, a guy named Larry and Chrissy, Larry contacted the company and informed them that he himself carried a Leatherman and his wife and him were riding on a four-wheeler, dropped in some ice and were basically drowning and had prepared to die. I won't go into all of it. Um, 
and he remembered that he had a Leatherman in his pocket and was able to, they had gotten entangled in all kinds of stuff, and he was able to cut himself loose. And his wife, they were able to get out and came out safe. He contacted the company to let them know. Tim Leatherman had no idea that that many years later, if he hadn't kept showing up, Larry and Chrissy wouldn't be here today to share the story they have. you got to keep showing up because you don't know that there's a Larry and Chrissy in your life that need you. And not only Larry and Chrissy, but, man, Tim Leatherman, I'm sure he's glad he didn't quit showing up in his garage all that time before. Do you know that if you decided to climb Everest, I got no interest in climbing Everest, but if you decided to climb Everest, drop in on a helicopter, you would only last a few seconds because of the temperature. Because the reality is, if you don't take the proper steps to get up to Everest and the temperature to gradually climb, you can't handle it. And that's what it is in life. That if we don't take the proper steps, if we don't allow God to take us through the process, we can't handle what we're coming to. And it's our struggle that gives us the strength for the things that we're coming to. Our growth in the past enables us to face hardship in the future. If it wasn't for the struggle, you wouldn't have the strength. God is always building you, even when it seems like he's breaking you. And we have to keep pressing through to see the breakthrough. Winston Churchill said it this way, that success consists of going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. And I don't believe Winston Churchill said it because he never faced times where he felt like losing enthusiasm. But he knew that success was only going to come if he kept showing up, failure after failure after failure, but he had to keep showing up. Many times it's darkest right before dawn. I didn't know that. I'm not up at dawn. But do you know that typically it is darkest right before dawn? And all that means is the sun is coming out. So whoever you are in here and you're at a place where you're like, I desperately need a breakthrough. Desperation is the door for breakthrough. And it is darkest before dawn and that sun is going to rise. And today we are going to praise our way to our breakthrough. Number four and final, but not, definitely not, not least, is fight fire with fire. The devil can't burn what's already on fire. It was said of Teddy Roosevelt that he was taken in his sleep because if he had been awake, he wouldn't have gone without a fight. I want that to be said about me, that I am so on fire, that I am such a hard fighter. I won't go down without a fight. I won't end this life without a fight. Sometimes we don't know we're running on deficit until we run, on, run into someone running an overflow and, you know, that was the, the word for our year, and that's just what kept coming to me, is we want to live out of the overflow. You know, Gabe's talked to us about that all year long, but many times we don't even realize we're running on deficit, and we say, I don't know what's wrong with me. we got to get in the word. we got to dig, dig, dig. You know, I, I know that we've all heard it about our mind, the power of our mind, but how we, we fight fire with fire have you ever noticed the fact that here's our mind, here's my mouth, and here's my heart, but it's a continual system. What I put in my heart, and here's my mouth, it's going to come out, right? But right here, everything that I put, out of my, put in my mind, everything that I think, it's all going to come right here and right here. It affects both. But our mind is the one area where God gave us power to choose. 
And we have to choose to fight fire with fire. That I'm going to choose what I allow to float around in here. I keep having these thoughts that I'm unqualified, that I've done so much in my past, that I've whatever, that I can't, I can't be a good enough mom, that I'm not a good enough teacher, that I'm not, a, I can't, I'm not smart enough to start that business. And you're arguing with God about that thing. But right here, it's just a constant flow. In my mind, comes down to my heart, comes out of my mouth. And we've got to, we've got to change the flow. And we've got to allow God to transform our mind. To transform our mind. Because if we will renew our minds, God will transform our minds. Romans 8, 6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And you know what stuck out to me? I've read that scripture so many times, but I don't know about you, but my, my mind can go crazy so many times. But you know the word that kept sticking out to me in that? So letting. Letting. Letting your sinful nature control your mind. Letting the Spirit control your mind. It's all about us letting. What am I letting happen right here? that's affecting right here and right here. What I'm saying and what I'm feeling on the inside. I have to keep my mind focused on what Holy Spirit whispers and not on what my flesh screams. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. I have a choice to keep my mind steadfast on him. And we've got to choose to keep our minds steadfast on him. Fight fire with fire. The chains fell off of Peter's wrist. The angel did not touch him. I believe that's what will happen in our life as we break free from negative mindsets and limiting thoughts about ourselves. If we will ask God for the piercing revelation only he can give, he will be faithful to show us what we need to see about ourselves and how our thinking needs to change. If we will learn to, to learn from the pain, if we will learn from the pain that we've suffered and allow it to be a catalyst for change instead of a snare that keeps us trapped in our past, he will equip us for a better future. We have got to walk boldly into our future with a mindset that says Mark 9.23, everything is possible for him who believes. So you're telling him, I can't start that business that you keep feeling like you that you're supposed to do but he says everything is possible for him who believes he didn't ask you to give him all the reasons why you're unqualified he sees them all he wants to qualify you i believe that we will we will see if we will have it says everyone that everything is possible for those who believe but I believe that we will begin to live our dreams and move past those things that we felt stuck in. And in 2019, even in the last two days of, of 2018, begin to see breakthrough. See breakthrough. It's possible. It's possible. When we set our minds, when we set our minds, we can be like ducks. And as many of you know, like with ducks, the water just runs off. And we can be like that if we will set our minds that things begin to run off. The Bible and psychological sciences revealed that we produce emotions based on our view of a situation. The emotion is a feedback loop. If we view the situation as beneficial, we experience a positive emotion to encourage more of those situations. But negative feelings 
alert us the situation has potential danger or harm it needs extra attention it isn't going right or that we aren't viewing the situation accurately we don't have to know all the details we don't have to know all the whys and the hows and the what's we just got to know that our god is for us and he's not a picker and chooser of who we all serve the same god and you may come in here and you may say well, but he's doing this for them. Do you know that we come in here and we experience and we see the same God? It's just, it's about how we're looking at him. I can come in here with a heart that that is just, I'm, I'm distracted. Just I'm coming in here to just, let's do church and I got to get out of here or whatever. Man, but Dustin comes in here with a heart of expectation. He's going to get something different than I do. You get to choose what you get. You get to choose. I want you to watch this short movie clip. Gabriel and I watched this movie. I don't remember when it was. And it just spoke so much to me. Um, so if you'll just take a moment and watch this. Space exploration will uncover, but I don't think it'll be exploration just for the sake of exploration. I think it'll be more the fact that it allows us to see things that maybe we should have seen a long time ago but just haven't been able to until now. Does anyone have anything else? Yeah. Neil, I was sorry to hear about your daughter. I'm sorry, is there a question? Um, what, I, what I mean is, uh, do you think it will have an effect? I think it would be unreasonable to assume that it wouldn't have some effect. Are you sure? Yeah. Be an adventure. First man to walk on the moon. That'd be something. We've chosen a job so difficult requiring so many technological developments. We're gonna have to start from scratch. Go with follow-up. Only after we master these tasks do we consider trying to land on them. Neil, if this flight is successful, you'll go down in history. What kind of thoughts do you have about that? We're planning on the flight being successful. Kill it down the A-bomb if it blows. The vehicle's not safe. We need to fail down here so we don't fail up there. This isn't just another trip, Neil. You're not just going to work. Do you think you're coming back? There are risks, but we have every intention of coming back. Somebody got a Swiss Army knife? Swiss Army knife? You kidding me? Here we go. Six, five, four, three, two. Do you question whether the program's worth the cost in money and in life? down here and you look up and you don't think about it too much but space exploration changes your perception and it allows us to see things that we should have seen a long time ago we have serious problems we've got this under control 
bunch of boys and you don't have anything under control. Well, if you've never seen that movie, I highly recommend it. You just saw a little snippet of it. I never myself thought about all that Neil Armstrong and the crew had to go through to get to the moon. But that showed just a small piece of it. And if you haven't watched it, I'm going to tell just a few things, so sorry. Um, but honestly, I, I watched this and at points teared up because, and I'm not a crier in the movie, but I think what had happened had these guys not kept showing up? What had happened? This Ryan Gosling, he plays the main character of Neil Armstrong. And his friends, he had quite a few friends that died along the way to get to the moon. Like countless times that he got physically hurt. And the whole thing was based on a true story. But, you know, regardless of what, what it was, we don't know exactly what it was. But the reality was is they endured a lot of hard to find the breakthrough to get to the moon. And I, I love the part, Ryan Gosling, he said it multiple times in there. He said that about the perspective that we're going to see things that maybe we should have seen a long time ago. Because we've got to choose to fight fire with fire. We've got to choose to starve our fear and feed our faith. And that's going to help us see things that we should have seen a long time ago. God wants to help you get to your breakthrough. And I believe that it's possible if we will just believe. It was hard in multiple ways, yet they never quit. The president said in that movie, he said, we choose to go to the moon. We choose to do these things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. And I'm encouraging you today to choose the hard, to choose his way and not your way. Just as Neil Armstrong was the first to walk on the moon, you can be the first to overcome the addiction of drugs and alcohol that have run in your family for years. You can be the first to start a business, even though it doesn't look like it should in your family. You can be the first to start a business, to, to not be the divorced couple in your family. Whatever it is, you can be the first. We begin the new year in two days, and it's a great way to end one year and begin another because there's a bright future even after your biggest failure. Because God looks at us and he judges us not on the worst day of our life. And someone needs to hear this in here, that he judges us not on the worst day of our life, but on the best day, the biggest day of his. You are not held back because of all the things that you've done. God does not need to hear from you again all the things you've done. He's fully aware. He sees that you didn't go to college, yet he's saying start that business anyways. And I know I keep coming back to the business, but I believe that there's someone in here that he's been working on you about that, starting something, and, and he just wants you to step out. God will shake the foundation. This is what Creflo Dollar said. I thought it was just so powerful. God will shake the foundation of your prison, your bondage, your problem, if you make a decision to praise and give him thanks no matter what. And the worship team's going to begin to come now, and we're going to end this service differently than what we normally do. We're going to go out praising. We're going to go out singing an expectation for that something good, knowing that it's up to us what we expect, that I get what I see, and we get to choose today what we see, what we think. 
There's this song that I've been listening to, and it says in the bridge, he says, who, who came in power, he will come again. He who heals the sick, won't he move again? He who raised the dead, won't he raise again? I will sing. And today we're going to sing. We're going to sing our way out of service. You may feel like you're in an impossible situation that you can't control, but maybe God doesn't want you to be able to control it so he can have full control and get all the glory. God can do way more through your surrender than you can do through your control. God has brought you to the impossible to show you that he is the God of the impossible. And he doesn't make breakthrough easy, but he does make it possible only through him, only through faith. My question for you today is, do you want a casual breakthrough? Do you want a casual encounter with him? Or do you want a miraculous, a miracle kind of breakthrough kind of encounter with him? It's up to you. Because the reality is, is, as I said, we're all going to stand in here the same. We're all going to sing the same song. But you get to decide what kind of encounter you want. What kind of breakthrough you want. We're going to thank him for his goodness. We're going to praise him. Because when we do that, we stop the enemy and we move the hand of God. And he wants to move on your behalf today. You may say that I'm scarred from life, but this is what I believe, that God's scarred hands are standing there waiting to hold. He's standing there waiting to hold you up with his. With his scarred hands, he wants to hold what you feel is your scarred hands. We are going to praise our way out of 2018 and into 2019. And we don't want to forget 2018, I'm going to be honest, it was one of the hardest years of my life. But I will not forget I choose not to forget where God brought me because when I reflect on that, it gives me fuel for my future. Knowing that 2019 gets to be even better. He wants to give you your breakthrough and you get to choose. Will you stand with me today? I want everybody, just bow your heads and if you feel comfortable, raise your hands. And I encourage you, maybe you don't feel comfortable, but maybe slip out of your comfort zone a little bit and raise them anyways. Because it is a sign of surrender. And when we throw those hands up, we're saying, Father, I surrender to you. And just as I said, that that sign of surrender, he can do way more with that than you can do with your control. You get to choose. Are my hands open, giving him, it, giving him my all, or are they closed trying to be in control? Father, I ask you right now, as the prayer team comes forward, God, I ask you that you not today just teach us, that we not just hear these points, but Lord, would you touch us today? Would you just renew faith and hope and expectation and passion for the pursuit that you've called us to? It looks different for each and every one of us, but I thank you, Lord, that we all serve the same God, that you want to be good to us. May we not be caught in comparison of what you're doing for the person next, because I believe that when we do that, We miss right what you're doing for us. God, I pray right now for healing for those that have felt wounded from 2018. God, may we do just like Ryan Gosling said in the movie, Lord, and they asked him about his daughter that had died from cancer. He had a choice. And he said, of course, it would be foolish to think that this wouldn't affect me. Yes, all the junk that's happened in 2018, all the good that's happened, it affects us. But we get to choose if it's going to be a catalyst or a snare. And I pray, Lord, that we choose catalyst today. I pray, Lord, that we we choose to hop on the catapult that you want to put us on to take us into the future. Father, that we keep showing up like Tim Leatherman did. So that we can see our breakthrough because it's coming. It's coming. God, I pray right now for boldness. I encourage you that if you need to see a breakthrough, you come and you agree with someone up here that they will agree with you for your breakthrough in whatever way that needs to be. I feel like I need to share this story real quick. 
before we sing. A guy, a pastor um, that's part of ARC with us. He's, he's been part of ARC longer. He was one of our mentors in ARC. He put on this video on Instagram and he showed that he had gotten his daughters a ping pong table. And he had gotten the ping pong table on Black Friday. And he said, he told his daughters once they came down in the basement, he said, you know this ping pong table's been here all along? But I was waiting for the right time to show you. And someone in here needs to be reminded that God's got what you need. He's just been waiting for the right time. So you praise your way out of 2018 and you declare, my breakthrough is coming. You're up to something good. Not for the person next to me. Yes, he's up to something good for them too. But you believe it for yourself. And stop believing the lie that he's been overlooking you because he hasn't. His word says that he knows every single hair on our heads, not just mine, on yours too. He sees us. He sees you. So we're going to sing our way out. We're going to declare you are up to something good, God. You are up to something good. I may not know what it is, but I'm believing for it. We're going to declare our breakthrough because we get to choose. We get to choose what we believe. And I encourage you, take those thoughts captive today. And when you start feeling defeated tomorrow because of the way that job's going or the way that your finances look, you ask him, what is the one thing I can do? Because God won't do for you what you can do for yourself. But ask him, what's the one thing I can do right now? And then you say, I thank you that my breakthrough's coming. I'm going to do what I can do, and then I'm throwing it back to you. So we're going to sing this. And I encourage you, come agree with the prayer team if you need it today. It's a sign of surrender. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that our breakthrough's coming. It's not, not a thing that, it's not a thing in the far future. We declare it for today in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that breakthrough is knocking, that desperation, somebody feels desperate in here, but I thank you, Lord, that that is the doorway to breakthrough and that you, God, are knocking that door down. And may we be like Peter that was at the door of James and all of them to tell them, hey, you got to hear, you got to hear. My breakthrough came just in the nick of time. But I thank you, Lord, that our breakthrough's coming in Jesus' name. And we're going to sing and declare that you, God, are up to something good.